0: So we have talked on this show at length about the wokeness in our schools and about the grooming in our schools, and one of the most egregious districts in this uh, vicinity that practices this is Hilliard Schools. Now, I have friends who are teachers at Hilliard Schools. I pray for them regularly, and they are great people, and they really care about their students. The problem is, and this is typical of every district, there are... Some, I don't know if it's a few or more than a few, but there are some really agenda-driven teachers who believe it is their right and their duty to share intimate details of their sexual preferences with students. This is not appropriate in any school, in any grade, and it is egregious that in the state of Ohio, our General Assembly can't even muster the will to pass a bill that would preclude these kinds of damaging topics being talked about with kids only up to grade three. Our General Assembly is, I can't even think of the word. They They are so incredibly cowardly, I'll say it that way, so incredibly cowardly that they're afraid of the electoral consequences of passing House Bill 616. Which would make it illegal to talk about sex, gender, and other such topics with kids in kindergarten, first, second, and third grade. When did you take sex ed in school? When did you take it? Sixth grade? Eighth Eighth grade? grade? Eighth grade. But we got to teach it in kindergarten now. We got to have the teachers talking to the kids about their same sex partners and their transgender, this, that, and the other. We got to talk about it in kindergarten now. So anyway, back to Hilliard. Some of the teachers there have been wearing a badge from the National Education Association. The badges have the uh, array of alphabet mafia flags on them, LGBTQ, RSTUV flags, glorifying every perverted, immoral, sexual deviance out there. And the badge also says, I'm safe. Come talk to me about your sexual questions, kids. Let me tell you about how awesome it is to be transgender or to be lesbian or to be gay. So this has sparked, understandably, parental outrage in Hilliard. And I had confidence that the Hilliard Board of Education would get its arms around this because Hilliard is one of the districts that last November elected two really good well-reasoned, smart board members to its board, teaming, I hoped, with the one reasonable person on the board to give the sensible, pro-parent, anti-woke faction of the board a 3-2 majority. Here's a story from the Ohio Press Network. A Hilliard School District board member proposed an update last month that would have explicitly stated it is not the district's policy to hide or keep health-related information from a student's parents or guardians. Okay, so you got the picture? So a lot of these school districts want to have these conversations. See my badge? I'm safe. They want to have these conversations with the kids about homosexuality, about transgenderism, about lesbianism, about intimate sexual topics. The teachers want to have these conversations with kids. And if the kid says... Yeah, I I think, you know, I I know I'm a boy, but I don't feel like a boy. I want to be a girl. So I'm trans. The teachers then do not want to tell the parents this. They don't want to tell the parents that they're calling a kid by a different name at school. They don't want to tell the the parent that the kid is changing clothes at school to look like the opposite sex. They want to keep this a secret from parents. Now, we used to have a name for people, adults, who sought to get the confidence of a child and to keep it secret From a parent, we used to call those kinds of people pedophiles. Now we call them minor attracted persons. Minor attracted persons, or because minor attracted persons is entirely too descriptive. Because even the most uh, thick-headed person can say, wait a second, minor attracted persons. Does that mean you're attracted to minors? Well, that's weird. That's perverted. That's criminal. So we can't even call them minor attracted persons. We have to call them maps. They're maps. See, because, you know, on on Dora the Explorer, maps were unthreatening. Map, map, map. The map was a character. The map was a fun, friendly character on Dora the Explorer. So we've got to euphemize pedophile because everybody has a visceral reaction to that. We've got to call them maps because if we called them minor attracted persons, people could put the pieces together and go, no, that's creepy. Put that person in jail. So thankfully, there's a board member in Hilliard, Beth Murdoch, who was like, wait a second, we can't have our teachers keeping secrets from our parents. We need to update our policy to where they have to disclose this to the parents. And I've always wondered in this Hilliard thing, the, the mystery in the Hilliard situation has always been, where does Superintendent Dave Stewart stand on these things? Because Dave Stewart is always like, he's one of these principals, and I know several. I know several principals and superintendents where when you go in and talk to them as a parent, I have this concern. This is happening in the schools. I don't want this happening to my child. The principal, the superintendent, they'll look you right in the eye and you'll think, man, I got that taken care of. They are so on my side. John Marshhausen in Dublin, he's a he's absolutely a genius at this. And apparently so is Dave Stewart and Hilliard because now we know where Dave Stewart stands on this and Dave Stewart stands on the side of the pedophiles and the perverts and those who would keep it a secret from parents. Because he responded to Beth Murdoch's request to ingrain a policy that would tell parents the secrets about their children. He wrote to her, I would urge you not to do that. I would urge you not to do that. And so then Beth Murdoch amended her proposal so that it would go through. And basically what she said was all health-related information about a student must be shared with the student's parents or guardians. It is not Hilliard School District policy to hide or keep information from a student's parents or guardians. Pretty self-explanatory, right? That's the position. That's the position. And Dave Stewart opposed that as well. He said, I feel obligated to advise you that my belief is that the minute this proposed language appears on any agenda, it will ignite an already volatile powder keg. I would urge you not to do that. I could certainly be wrong, but I do not believe that the current climate would allow this debate to be healthy. You do not believe the debate would be healthy? I believe the debate would be very healthy. Because I believe that... If you adopt this policy, then parents will know that there are going to be no secrets kept from them regarding their children. And I believe that is the will of the voters in Hilliard and in every district in Ohio. Sure, you might have 10%, maybe, of parents who think, no, if my kid wants to be trans, I don't want to know. Or I want to celebrate it. Maybe it's 20%, maybe it's 30%. I think it's not 30%, but even if it's 30%. 70% of the parents, you want to keep it a secret because you're afraid that the debate will not be healthy? Are you supposed to be worried about the health of the debate or the health of the kids? Are you supposed to be worried about some nasty meeting that you're uncomfortable sitting through, Dave Stewart? Are you supposed to be an advocate for the parents of your district who fund your salary and all those beautiful buildings out there in the Hilliard District? Like, who do you serve? Who do you serve? I would encourage you, Dave Stewart, to get in touch with your backbone and to get in touch with the mission of why you got into education, which is to educate and to protect kids. Is the
1: superintendent of schools, any district, are they part of the Ohio Education Association, the union I don't know Do the you answer know, I don't either off the top of my head. No, I don't head. know the
0: answer to that. My inclination would be to say no, but I could be wrong because superintendents certainly advance from being teachers. Yes. I don't know if they have to renounce their uh, membership in those unions or not. But certainly, I mean, if you're in those unions at some point in your career, it's possible to be in a union and not hold the same views as the union. I suppose. But that is, yeah. uh, I would think, exceedingly rare. So this is extremely disappointing that this, what was a very benign update to the policy, a common-sense position, does not have the support of the Hilliard superintendent. So I noticed last night uh, the vice president, Kamala Harris, uh, gives her first uh, interview on a late-night talk show, which, that's not an interview, that's a guest appearance, okay? Okay. So she's not going to get any tough questions, but she doesn't need to get a tough question to say something stupid. And this dovetails with what I was talking about with the Hilliard schools, and they want to keep secrets from parents on kids identifying as a sex other than they are. Here's a popular Democratic view. Sounds harmless. Sounds altruistic. In retrospect, it is evil, and I will explain why after you listen to her nonsense. But I mean, truly, when you you know, when you see our kids, and I truly believe that they are our children, they are the children of our country, of our communities. I, I mean, our future is really bright if we if we prioritize them, and therefore prioritize the climate crisis and the need to address it. Mm -hmm. Now, the climate crisis. There are children. No, they are not your children. They are not your children. And the reason why they are not your children is because you are not there when they are crying and upset because they've had a rough day at school, they've been bullied, they've been ostracized by their friend group. You are not there when they are sick and they need to be nursed back to health or comforted when they struggle. You are not there to encourage them when they doubt themselves. You are not there to talk them down off the ledge when they get a bad grade on a test and they think their world is ending. You are not there to give them perspective on things or to calm them when they get concerned about the headlines of the day and they wonder about what kind of future they're going to grow up in. You are not there for anything difficult in a child's life. You know who's there? The parents are there. The grandparents are there. The people in their friend group are there. You're not there. So they're not yours, and they'll never be yours, and we'll never cede them to you, control of them, or any secrets you want to have with them. We will never, ever, ever allow that because we do the hard things. You do things that will allow you to convert them to your way of thinking. You see them as pawns in your lust for power. We see them as people who need to be protected until we raise them with the values that we choose to ingrain in them before we turn them loose on a world you are messing up more and more every single day. To that point, I looked at the prices on the gas station that I passed on taking my girls to school today. The first number, I'm waiting for it to be four. It won't be long, Three ninety nine in Iran today, by the way. Workers at a petrochemical complex in southern Iran went on strike, the latest sign that anti-government protests in Iran over the woman that they murdered because she wouldn't wear her head covering is now spreading to the oil industry. Wonderful. Wonderful. So if we have the oil industry in Iran in upheaval, how do you think that's going to work for gas prices globally? Prices nationally today are 3.92. A year ago they were 3.27. When Joe Biden took office they were 2.39. Two thirty nine. Three ninety two today. Why are gas prices a disaster? Why is our economy a disaster? Uh, Jamie Dimon, head of uh, Chase Manhattan Bank, Chase Bank, rather, uh, with his thoughts. Fifty years. There have been a lot of Lehman comparisons made in recent weeks and months with regards to the fallout from the energy crisis. You are the only Wall Street CEO who is around to navigate the global financial crisis. How worried are you about Europe this winter, given everything that's going on in Ukraine and with the energy supply? Well,
1: I think we're getting energy completely wrong, which is, you know, ever since this war started, you've known that Europe was gonna have a problem and that it was pretty predictable that Putin was gonna cut off some gas and certain oil and oil prices would go up. And by the way, for the climate folks here, it's made the climate worse. Because people have this bad assumption that high oil prices and gas prices reduce consumption, reduce CO2. No, poor nations—India, China, Indonesia, Philippines, Vietnam—are turning back on coal plants. As are rich nations, called Germany, Netherlands, France. We have it completely backwards. And in my view, America should have been pumping more oil and gas, and it should have been supported. You know, we're trying to have our cake and eat it too a little bit. And so you have the you have the problem this winter, which it sounds like they've got enough. Supply to get through this winter, but we we have a longer-term problem now Which is the world is not producing enough oil and gas to reduce coal make the transition Create security for people Uh, so I would put it in a critical category
0: All self-inflicted all self-inflicted we were energy independent The Biden administration has shut down our domestic oil production raised prices prices leak into every aspect of of our economy because everything has to be transported to market and you and I pay the price for it. Do you think it's inconveniencing Joe Biden? Do you think it's inconveniencing people in Washington, D.C.? Is he going to the gas station going, wow, gas is expensive. Wow, I got to dig into my wallet and pay 20 more dollars to fill my tank now than I used to. No, you're buying his gas. And you have been buying his gas for 50 years or more. Maddening, utterly maddening. All right, what was the best moment? For J.D. Vance last night. There were several. There were several. I like this one. I want to point out something that Tim Ryan just said. One, I answered the question about same-sex marriage, and I identified very specifically a couple of problems with the legislation. Tim didn't address that. He just pretended that it didn't exist. Because here's the problem with Tim Ryan. He spent 20 years in Washington, D.C. He actually doesn't care about the details of public policy, and I'm sure he didn't even read the bill that he voted on. What he does is he reads the canned lines that his consultants give him. You could respond to the argument that I made, Tim. Instead, you decided to pretend again that I have views I don't actually hold, so you can't... Look, it's insulting. Voters deserve somebody who actually respects their views and speaks honestly to them about the issues. That's not what Tim's doing tonight. No, it's not what he's doing, and it's not what he is able to do, because if he does it, if he speaks about his radical positions, the ones that he's endorsed 100 percent of the time during Joe Biden's presidency, then a couple of things will happen. Number one, you'll realize that he's part of the problem, not part of the solution. That he is the cause. He's been an active participant in policies like the American Rescue Plan, like the Inflation Reduction Act, where we have spent trillions of dollars and further plunged our country into deeper and deeper debt, poured more money. Tim Ryan voted to have stimulus checks sent to felons in prison, sent to felons in prison. Were they... Were they working hard in prison to pay the electric bill and the light bill and then the pandemic hit and they weren't allowed to go to work because everything was shut down? Was that their plight in prison? That was your plight. That was my plight. That's why we got those stimulus checks. I thought it was a terrible idea at the time, the shutdown and the checks. But Tim Ryan was just happy. Yeah, let's send, let's send everybody a four, $1,400 check. Well, We'll have no problem at all getting reelected because they'll become addicted to our largesse. And now that Joe Biden got elected, well, let's go like that. Stimulus wasn't big enough. Let's spend more money. American Rescue Plan. What do you mean 1.4 trillion? Can't we do like the whole 6 trillion? His positions are radical. His positions have directly put us in the position that we are in as a country, as individuals, as families. And he talks about J.D. Vance being extreme on abortion because J.D. Vance doesn't want to make exceptions for rape and incest. That's A, not J.D. Vance's position. But Tim Ryan would not oppose abortion at any time. Someone, a baby could survive outside the womb. He'd allow to die on a cold tray. That's extreme.